Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. There's going to be a team in baseball this year that gets into the postseason that probably doesn't belong, but they're going to do something that is going to be pretty advantageous for them to do so. We'll discuss that coming up over the next three hours. How about what's going on in the NBA? Are you kidding me? Wemby and Britney Spears, what that has become is pretty insane. Plus, Dame Lillard possibly going to Miami. And if that move happens, man, the leverage play on that deal for Damian Lillard to try to pull what he's trying to pull for everything he's built up in Portland, pretty fascinating. I like Dame. We're going to talk about that coming up as well. But where we want to begin today is here. We're broadcasting in Southern California. My name is Trent Rush. For those that don't know, I'm one of the broadcasters with the Angels out here in Southern California. And I've had the good fortune to having the front row seat to watching Shohei Otani do what we have never seen in the history of baseball. I understand he's had a little bit of a slump right now. You look at his last three, four games, he's slumping just a bit. But for Shohei Otani, what he has been able to compile this season is not just the best player in baseball. It's not just the best thing that we have seen in a decade or in a generation. Shohei Otani is the single greatest player of all time. And we want to get your reaction to that. You can find me on Twitter at Trent Rush Sports. Yes, I'm on Twitter. I'm not on whatever the new thing is, though we are going to talk a little bit about that uh, coming up as well. Uh, you can also hit the show up at Jim Rome. Send us an email, rome at haveatake.com, because I think that this is a fun conversation to have. Now, keep in mind what I'm saying here. When I say Shohei Otani is the greatest player of all time, don't get that confused with the best career of all time. It's certainly not that. He's got a long way to go to get to Babe Ruth, to Hank Aaron, to Willie Mays. You go down the line. There, he, he's not one of the, the 50 greatest hitters of all time. He's not one of the 50 greatest pitchers of all time, at least not yet. But what he is, is a skill set that we have never seen in the history of the game before. And it's not just like a one-year wonder. That's like the one thing with Shohei Otani, and he's going to get paid, and is he worth $500, $600 million? I don't know. I don't even know what worth is anymore in baseball. What I know is you have a player that wants to win. You have a player that is putting a team on his back and carrying them despite an unbelievable amount of injuries, including to Mike Trout, who's going to miss at least a month. And the Angels, while they've been slumping themselves, are still within an arm's length of getting the postseason. Three and a half games out right now. And this isn't supposed to be just all about angel talk here, and it's not going to be that. But to talk about Shohei Otani and what this guy has accomplished, the fact that this guy keeps getting better. Look, in, in 2018, when he was the rookie of the year, I got the numbers in front of me right now. He made 10 starts that year, had a 3.31 ERA, hit 22 home runs. Super limited. But that was, at the time, maybe one of the most impressive seasons ever, maybe in the ballpark of what the Babe did. That was his rookie season. Dealt with injuries, had the Tommy John. Wasn't the same guy in 2019 and 2020 because of that. He wasn't a true-way guy. And, and I'm almost holding anything that happened in the 60-game season of 2020. I'm throwing that one out. So let's get to the real seasons. Let's get to 2021, when he won the MVP. Dude hit 46 homers, 100 driven in. And, oh, by the way, had a 9-2 record, 3.18 earned run average. That's pretty darn good. That, that I don't think we have seen from the Babe. And I'll tell you the Babe's numbers coming up in a bit. But that was the most impressive season in the history of baseball. 
only for last year to get absolutely hosed out of the MVP. Aaron Judge won the MVP, won it, unfortunately, I thought, in a landslide. That's going to be one that when you look back at history, where that MVP ranks for Aaron Judge, and I don't want to take anything away from the 62 home runs. That was pretty darn impressive. That was incredible what Aaron Judge did. And that, that Yankee team was good last year, but made a whole lot better by Aaron Judge, case in point being the Yankees this season. But what Shohei Otani accomplished in 2022 was the single most impressive 162-game season the game has ever seen. Second in MVP voting, fourth in Cy Young, 34 bombs, 95 driven in, won 15 games, had a 2.33 ERA. People, I don't think, realize how dominant of a pitcher Shohei Otani is. And the thing about the Otani pitching numbers, too, when you look at the season as a whole, Otani, it feels like every year, has had three or four of those starts you'd love to just throw them out. And there are times like his last start in San Diego, dealing with a cracked fingernail and a blister and that, gave up back-to-back home runs. Shohei Otani is going to have a couple of starts a year where he's just not showing. That's going to happen. I think that you can live with that. Because the rest of the time, he is straight-up dominant. You know, he had a start about 10 days ago now. It was against the uh, Chicago White Sox. He goes six and a third. The one run that scored came in after he was already out of the game. Hit two home runs that night. And that's where, for me, it sank in. That Shohei is not just the best player of an era. He is the best player ever. We have never seen anything like Shohei Otani. Nobody's hit a ball farther this year. He had a home run. He had a home run this season. 493 feet. That's the longest home run in baseball. Done by the Angels' ace, their, their starting pitcher. Very few consistently hit a ball harder. Right now, Otani top 10 in baseball in average exit velocity. So you want to look at the, the traditional numbers, we'll throw those at you. You want to look at the advanced numbers and actually measure a player's you know, baseball acumen. Well, have a look at what Shohei Otani does as far as how hard he hits a baseball. Top 10 on average. He throws the ball, that average fastball velo, top 25 in all of baseball. And he has the most devastating pitch in the game, which is a splitter. He's worked in a new pitch. He's, he's working the sweeper in more. Now, the sweeper is it's essentially a slider. It's just got a little bit more depth. You're taking some of them off of it. Yeah, a lot of times in baseball, it seems like nowadays, new words get invented. It feels like sweeper is one of the new words that's being invented. It's a slider, but it's a little different. It's a, it's a different variation of a slider, just like there's different variations of fastballs, different variations of curveballs. Uh, the sweeper is kind of that same thing in baseball. But for Shohei Otani, he also is just about as fast as anybody. Home to first, he's top five in the American League in speed. So the guy throws harder than anybody. He runs faster than anybody, hits the ball harder than anybody, and the ball goes further than anybody. I, I mean, Otani is in the very top of all those categories. What more do you want from this guy? He is in the, the top 1% in pretty much every skill set you could have in the game today where players are bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic. We see more home runs than ever before, and there's a lot of reasons for that. This year, we're seeing more stolen bases than ever before. And I think that's a worthy conversation to have as well. But the thing for me about Shohei Otani, and this is something that I think anybody out there can understand this as well, because if there was one player that you got to watch in baseball, you got a chance to buy one ticket 
You got You could buy a ticket to go see one team play, one player play. Who is that guy? That guy is Shohei Otani. That's represented in the attendance numbers. Angels always draw at home every year. They're 11th in baseball this year at home. They're, they're always towards the top. But how about the road numbers attendance-wise? Angels top five in road attendance this year. It's because people absolutely have to see Shohei Otani. Sometimes it's not about what makes a player great in terms of just watching what they accomplish or the numbers that they add up. Baseball's a numbers game. I get it. But for Shohei Otani, it's how he makes you feel. Think about your favorite player you had as a kid growing up. Think, think about whoever your favorite guy was. You know, for me, it was Mark McGuire. And we've learned a lot about Mark McGuire since. And maybe I don't feel the same way today as I did when I was younger. But I grew up loving Mark McGuire. The home run chase in 98 is what sucked me in to a lifelong love for the game of baseball. Then you think about your favorite player growing up. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're one of those guys, you're, you grew up with Mickey Mantle, whoever it was. I, I don't care. And anything in between. Every era has had that guy. Shohei Otani is that today. And it spans generations. It's not just the kids that love Shohei. It's, you know, it's the millennials. It, it's you, you go on and on from the, the boom, from boomers to Gen X or Gen Z, whatever it is now. Everybody seems to love Shohei Otani and can't get enough of watching this guy because at a certain point, it's not about just watching his ability, watching him rack up numbers. At a certain point, it becomes about how the guy makes you feel. You probably forgot the, the stats of your favorite player. I, I know there's some real diehards out there that probably memorize every number on the back of the baseball card. When I was 10 years old, I could. When I, when I was that age, you know, I, I knew every stat for every player. I could probably still tell you some of those stats better than even guys that I cover today. I, I get it. But maybe you don't remember all the stats. Maybe you don't even remember all the moments. Maybe there are a couple that stick out in your mind. But I bet you do remember how you felt being at the ballpark. I bet you remember who you were with, who you watched the game with, what you, what you had that day, what that day was like when you're at the ballpark seeing your favorite player grow up. Shohei Otani creates those memories like nobody else in the game can on a nightly basis. And, and again, I've covered Mike Trout for, for almost his entire career, and Mike for a decade was the best player in the game and Mike has a unique ability to garner some of those same kind of emotions. But I think part of what has made Mike Trout great throughout his career is the accumulation of so many numbers. And, and he will do – he has done special things throughout his career and obviously dealing with an injury right now. But throughout Mike Trout's career, it really does feel like he walks a ton. Yeah, he's hit a lot of home runs, the OPS, the war – how do you calculate war when you're sitting in the stands? War gets accumulated over time. And Mike is going to go down as one of the best players of this era. For a decade, he was the best player in the game. And he's going to be considered for a long time as one of the greats to, to have played this game. As long as he can stay a little bit healthier than he is right now. Because we're going like five years in a row where Mike has dealt with some kind of an injury. And again, you know, this year, the numbers maybe haven't been totally what we have seen in the past from Mike Trout. But he's still been putting up solid numbers despite the injury. And there's no question the Angels are a much better team when he's in the lineup compared to what he's not. But while Mike Trout 
overall makes you feel good. Shohei Otani makes you feel something that there is not another athlete in sports that makes you feel it. I love no, I, I love uh, the Joker. I love Jokic to Denver. I, that, I, I can't wait to. I love watching this guy play. And he doesn't. He doesn't make me stop what I'm doing to go turn on the TV to go watch the Denver Nuggets. I, 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 I like watching them. Congratulations to them on a title. I don't stop what I'm doing. Patrick Mahomes, maybe the next closest thing in sports today. And he, he's amazing. I don't want to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes because he probably is the next closest thing. But I'm probably watching an NFL game anyway. Like if, if the Chiefs are, are playing in the primetime game in, in that you know afternoon CBS window, like I am probably watching Patrick Mahomes anyway. I'm not necessarily stopping what I'm doing. Josh Allen, same deal. With Shohei Otani, maybe you live on the East Coast and, and you don't want to stay up late. You do for Shohei. When he comes to your yard, you stop what you are doing to go see who is the greatest player of all time. And I talk about how Babe Ruth has never put up numbers like Shohei. Babe Ruth was pretty much a two-way guy for two years. 20, uh, 2018. 1918. Dude hits 300. 11 home runs. That was the year he had a 2.22 ERA, 13-game winner. That was a two-way year for Babe Ruth. 13 wins, 11 home runs. Yeah, the Bambino, 11 home runs. The next year, he was getting more of a chance to hit, pitching a little bit less. Hits 29 bombs, led the league with 113 driven in. Yeah, that was pretty special, especially in 1919. Nine-game winner, 9-5, and 2.97 ERA. Babe Ruth never had a season like Shohei last year. How about the fact that this season, Otani is already at 31 home runs. He's basically on an Aaron Judge 2022 offensive pace. He is the runaway favorite for MVP as a hitter only. Not to mention the pitching numbers this guy is putting up. The Babe never did this. The Babe is regarded in lore as the greatest two-way player of all time and more so as a mythical legend for the bat and what he was able to do as a slugger. But as a two-way skill set, we never saw Babe Ruth do what Shohei Otani is putting together. Whether it be the MVPs, he's going to get another one this year. It should be his third. It'll be his second. Already been the rookie of the year. Silver slugger. You go down the line, all of the accomplishments for Shohei Otani. Pretty darn amazing what Otani's been able to put together. But more than any of that, he makes you feel something there is not another athlete in sports that can make you feel. And you stop what you're doing to go watch Shohei Otani. Guy's amazing. The guy is absolutely amazing. He's the best player of all time. He is with the Mays, the Ruth, the Aaron class. Hasn't had the same careers as them. Maybe he will by the time we're all said and done. But right now, you get a ticket to go watch Shohei, you got a ticket to watch history because you are seeing the best who has ever done this before. There is a team in baseball this year that I'm telling you is going to steal a playoff spot. I'll explain all of that and a whole lot more when we come back. My name is Trent Rush in for Jim Rome today. It's an honor to be here. Privilege, a pleasure. We're going to have some fun here on a Friday in July. This is Jim Rump Show, CBS Sports Radio. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you 
person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. Talking some baseball today. Well, well it's, it's July, right? We're going to talk NBA Summer League. Okay, yeah, we probably will talk a little bit about that. We've got the Wemby-Britney Spears deal going on right now, which I still can't understand. Britney Spears is a billion times more famous than Victor Wembanyama. But how in the world is that even a thing? We'll, we'll get into that coming up in a little bit. A uh, lot of uh, tweets already flying in. You can find me on Twitter, at Trent Rush Sports. Uh, you can also send the email, rome at haveatake.com, at jimrome, jimrome.com. Good way to be a part of the show. Kenneth E. in the 503 has said, Hey, Angel Jim, give us back Roger Lodge, signed clones. Give me back my stuff. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good right there. Roger's the best, by the way. Uh, hey, Trent, congrats on sitting in for Radio Hall of Famer Jim Rome. Can we get your take on the Vegas sphere? Thanks. Bella B in Calgary. Yeah, no, we're, that's uh, – hey, look, look, I, I know what I am. I know what I am, and I know where I'm sitting. I know that I'm in, I'm in a legend's chair right now here for Jim Rome. But we are going to talk about the great game of baseball because I don't know that we – I don't know that as a, a culture – Talk enough about baseball because, well, we spent some time talking Shohei Otani, and yeah, we are going to get into the NBA stuff, yes. But when you talk about what we're seeing in baseball this year, attendance up 6 to 8%, and we are also seeing a time right now where you have stars. I talked before about how Shohei is the best player ever, and you want to go buy a ticket to go watch a team. Shohei Otani is probably going to be the team you want to go see, or, or the Angels are a team because you want to see Shohei. How about the Cincinnati Reds? Who would not want to go see Ellie De La Cruz right now? This guy is incredible. I remember being down in, in Goodyear, Arizona for a little Cactus League baseball this year. The Angels were playing the Reds. The Reds were just showing up to the ballpark, walking through, and they were sitting there getting ready to do the open, and you're kind of looking around, oh, okay, trying to figure out who's who. I mean, the prospects, a lot of times, you have all these young players you can't really figure out all the time in a spring training game until you see number, you know, 96 was, you know, a single-A guy and actually had, you know, 14 RBI last year. Like, you don't know until you look at your sheet. But when Ellie De La Cruz walks into the ballpark, like, you stop. You stop to look at this guy. And the thing about this with Ellie De La Cruz – and the Cincinnati Reds, who look like a playoff team right now, they are playing with this new school, revolutionary, let's have fun, let's crush the baseball player. Believe it or not, Cincinnati's actually playing old school baseball. You know what I mean? Like there's this, there's this new wave to the old thought in baseball that we're seeing now. Look, let's think about what baseball did. This year, this offseason, think about what Rob Manfred and, and baseball did by expanding the bases, by limiting pickoffs, by banning the shift, by speeding up the game. And while all the talk is about the pitch timer, right? We have gone ad nauseum about the pitch timer and the speed of the game. It's not the speed of the game that anybody cares about. Did you ever look at your watch when? You were a kid at a ball game going like, man, we've been here three hours. It's time to go. 
oh, man, we've been here. Boy, that game went pretty quick, two hours and 40 minutes. Did you ever care about that? No, because you saw action. You saw a ton of action. You know why people are falling back in love with baseball now? It's because they are getting action. Stolen bases, way up. Average team stealing .72 base, bases a game. That's up from .51 a year ago. What that really means, 40% jump in stealing bags. There is going to be a team that is really not that great that is going to find themselves in the postseason. And I think Cincinnati is probably going to be one of those teams. Right now, they look every bit of the part of a playoff team. They're not in a very good division. The St. Louis has been awful. Pittsburgh was really fun for six weeks, and, and they have become the Pirates again. You know, Milwaukee is going to be in the, in the conversation. They're the next best team in, in that division, and the Cubs are the Cubs. But you know what Cincinnati does? They steal bags. Second in steals this year in baseball, division leader. How about the fact that they're the Cincinnati Reds, 10th in batting average, 2nd in steals, 5th in sack bunts, 26th in ERA. 26th in ERA. They don't pitch at all. And you're also at Great American Ballpark. But even for the team that is at Great American Ballpark, you would think, all right, well, let's have a roster of sluggers because we're just going to hit a ton of home runs and just out-slug teams. Cincinnati hasn't done that. They're 11th. They're in the middle of the pack. Middle of the pack home run hitting team. But they're a playoff team today because they steal, they get hits, and they move guys over. They play a contact game. They play an action game. That's why the Reds are so fun to watch. Who doesn't want to go watch Cincinnati right now? Now, the Arizona Diamondbacks are another team. They're a playoff team today, though, my goodness, the Dodgers are creeping in. Dodgers half game back right now. But Arizona is another one. You know, they have the sixth best win percentage in baseball right now, fifth youngest team, 21st in payroll. What do they do? They steal, then they sack bunt, and they don't strike out. That's the recipe for Arizona. They don't have the horses, especially if Corbin Carroll is dealing with that right shoulder again. Just had surgery on it two years ago. It was a cranky shoulder a couple of weeks ago and didn't play last week. Comes back. It only takes a couple days before he's hurt again dealing with whatever he's dealing with that he got on that swing with that shoulder. That is an MVP candidate Arizona is now going to be without for who knows how long. Hopefully not that long, but boy, if you're a Diamondbacks fan, scares you to death because he's had the shoulder history before. But Arizona, fourth right now in steals. If you look at the top five teams in baseball today that steal bags, three of them are division leaders right now. What's that tell you? Tampa, Cincinnati, Arizona, three teams right now that are leading baseball in steals and winning a whole lot of games, leading their division. Now, Tampa's falling back to earth. Tampa, Tampa might be a far cry from that start they got off to when, with a 50-20 and 20 to start the season, something just stupid like that, where the Tampa Bay Rays. They've now dropped 11 of, seven, uh, 11 of 17 for anyone that's paying attention, which goes to show you a little bit maybe how wide open things are in the game of baseball right now. But – the teams that have embraced these new rules, the teams that are going to be like, all right, this is a gift. This is a gift the league has given Major League Baseball. We're making, the ba- we're making the bases bigger. We're limiting how many pickoffs you can have. Why not try to take a bag every single time out there? Why not be ultra aggressive? We're seeing dramatically increased stolen base rates. 
And again, you think that, you know, coming into the year, if anyone would have told you Arizona or Cincinnati belonged in the postseason, no way. Ellie De La Cruz has been awesome. That's part of why they're winning. Another part is culture, but the reality is they're playing a style of baseball that is fitting a team that maybe doesn't have all the horses. Like Ellie De La Cruz is really like the only horse for Cincinnati. They got a few players, but you talk about like, like, dudes, you're going to go watch play. Like, you want to make sure that you are there. Ellie De La Cruz is that. But everybody else, I mean, he's a rookie, too. And he's going to have his rookie moments. Like, that's part of it. That's still going to happen for him. How about Cleveland? Cleveland, young team, youngest in baseball, 26th in payroll. They're within arm's length of a playoff spot. And the playoffs are expanded. You get three wild cards. It's never been easier to be a playoff team. They don't strike out. They're 11th in stolen bases, 17th batting average. They pitch. Good pitching team, top 10 ERA. Again, they, they Cleveland pitches, and, and they haven't been great. But how, how does Cleveland be in, in the playoff race when they don't slug? The, the pitching has been good, but not as good as maybe what we've seen in the past. I got to feel like Terry Francona has something to do with it and the style of play, right? They steal bags. They don't strike out. They rack up hits for a team that does not have the players. I feel like Arizona, Cleveland, Cincinnati, like those are your teams. Those are your teams that are middle of America. Well, Arizona less so. But but Cincinnati and Cleveland especially, they're in the central. The division's not that good. They don't have the star power other teams have. But they play a brand of baseball that MLB has written up and gifted them. It was gift-wrapped to steal bags and be aggressive. And the teams that are taking advantage of that are going to end up in the playoffs. Like, that's what you're seeing right now. Okay, yeah, Atlanta is really, really good. They lead almost every category. Texas, really good. Tampa, really good. I'm excluding those teams. They lead every category. Homers, steals, RBI, you name it, all across the board. But you talk about what you're seeing right now and being able to take advantage of MLB changing the rules to go play a certain game. And the fact that these teams have done that, I think it's awesome. How about Gary and Duvall says, Otani's not the only guy like that at the moment. Lionel Messi, modern-day Pele to Shohei's Ruth, far and away the best guy on any pitch he's been on. When he gets the ball, the electricity starts to buzz, just like you feel he's going to do something spectacular at any moment. could also argue Cristiano Ronaldo, probably in that same conversation. He may not be the same kind of a feel there. I agree. Lionel Messi, you, you, okay, you want to put Messi in the Otani category? I'm cool with that. I'm good with that. Gary and Duvall, yeah. I, I can get behind Messi being in the Otani category. You know, how about uh, – <laughs> You know what it is? So happy to hear you talk Reds baseball, one of the funnest teams to watch in the game. Ellie Mania. Yeah, you're feeling that right now. Pretty incredible. We are seeing, we're seeing some fun things happen in baseball right now, and if you're not paying attention, you should. There is – Cincinnati is really fun. Like That, that is a, an exciting team to watch. Shohei Otani is as exciting as anything we have ever seen in baseball. Like the game, it takes a lot of heat. A lot of people want to bash it. It's easy for baseball to be a punching bag, and believe me, there are issues that have been opened up that are, are hard to understand. But right now, the game feels like it's just fun. 
It's fun because there's action. And when you want to try to just only hit home runs or try to draw as many walks as you can, there is nothing more boring to walk strikeouts and home runs. The three true outcomes. And I hate that a home run is a part of it, but it has become a part of it. That's not fun baseball. The Reds, that's fun baseball. And you know when they do hit home runs? They have a little fun. What's the problem with that? I love it. And there's no need to go check uh, the heel of Ellie De La Cruz's bat either. That whole thing, absolutely ridiculous in the nation's capital. All right, we're going to take a quick break because now it is time for the latest. Let's get the latest sports news with Peter Schwartz. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Were you available because the Angels stink? Uh, I'm available because the Angels have a home ga- a game at Dodger Stadium tonight, which is like being at home, right? Get sleep in your own bed, drive up there uh, to the ravine coming up in a little bit. Though I might need to leave now if I'm going to try to beat the traffic getting up there. And by the way, it's time to ask the pros where you, the clones, get to ask me a question, just like Stephen H. Down. That's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash Ask the pros and submit your question. Be listening later in the show where I might answer a question of yours. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, so I mentioned I broadcast games for the Angels, a pre- and post-game show host in Sports Talk Radio here in Los Angeles. Part of that, too, where I live, I live not that far from Disneyland. And I don't know how many parents out there can understand maybe where I'm coming from on this. If you've ever been to to Disneyland or Disney World or Universal Studios or any theme park, you know exactly the people I'm talking about. And for a long time, I I would make big time fun of these people. I, I would go to the park late. And we'd walk it in with my wife, and we'd be going in there 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock, and you're seeing people coming out just haggard. I mean, miserable. You're talking about you've been there since 8 in the morning. You've waited in line. You've been on four rides all day. You've spent a fortune, and you, you've met your house payment in one day at Disneyland. That's what you've done, and, and everyone's trying to laugh and smile and enjoy their time through it. Meanwhile, you're in the back of your mind going, oh, boy, this is, this is going to hurt a little bit later on. But you know what? You've had your fun. You made your memories. You had a good time. You took lots of pictures. You were able to make sure you got that post on Instagram. You were able to do all that. Everybody got to see what a happy, jolly family you are from the outside. As you are walking to your car, absolutely miserable. Now, I got a 19-month-old at home now, so I can now see the other side of this, the people I used to make fun of. I might be one of those people now. I might be headed down that road. 
But when I think about the people leaving Disneyland, and sometimes if you're able to leave early enough, if you can sense it and you can catch it and you can just get out in time, you may be able to avoid that car ride meltdown, right? The tears streaming down the face. You don't have the applesauce you thought you packed. Now you're in trouble because you didn't put the bag together. That is all in play when you've been to the park for 12 hours and now now you're just simply miserable leaving. I can't help but think that this Dame Lillard situation in Portland is a whole lot like that. You know, think about Damian Lillard. Been there his whole career, never made a peep. Everyone's happy. They enjoy watching him play. You've made all kinds of lasting memories. Seven-time All-Star, Conference Finals 2019. Haven't won a playoff game since, or a playoff series since. It just feels like for Dame, it's time. It's time to leave the park. Okay, you didn't stay for the fireworks show, but that's all right. It's time to go home now, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. You enjoyed it. Hopefully you get some kind of return back. You're not going anywhere in Portland. Dame Lillard is, is ready to be one of the prize stars in the NBA, and he has been for a while, but now he, he's ready for a ring. He's ready for some hardware to show for it. I don't think there's any ill feelings. I wouldn't think there's many anyway from the Blazers. If Dame, hey, he's asking for the trade, he wants out, it feels like it's time. But here is where things have taken a turn. And now we're, we're experiencing the meltdown in the car. Because according to reports, I was reading this from NBA writer Mark Medina, who had said that now it sounds like Miami isn't just the preferred destination for Damian Lillard. It sounds like it's the only choice. It sounds like it's the only choice for a guy that just signed a two-year max extension. <laughs> he just signed a two-year max extension. He's got four years left on the contract. This is the, the miserable family leaving Disneyland now is, is Dame Lillard leaving Portland and doing so to the point where now the child is having an absolute meltdown in the car seat while you're trying to get out of the parking lot that you took two hours trying to find your car. That's what it feels like now for Damian Lillard. Because how in the world are the Blazers supposed to get anything close to value for Dame? How, are, how is Portland? When Miami has nothing to give. And he says, well, if I'm only going to Miami, if I go, don't go to Miami, I'm not going to play. Again, this is, this is the chatter that's out there right now. I can't confirm that, but that's what the chatter is right now, according to, to several reports. The Heat are the team that has all of the leverage. It's not, it's not a leverage play from Dame Lillard. It is a little bit, but, but not nearly as much as it is for the Miami Heat. You know, when Dame Lillard says, I, I'm going one place, and I'm going one place only, how is Portland supposed to strike a deal? Think about your job. Think about your job. You go up to your boss. Hey, I've been putting in the extra hours. I've been staying late at night. Look at my sales numbers. They're the best they've been in six months. I'm outpacing, you know, Steve around the corner that, that you know, I, I'm, I'm doing better numbers than him now. And it's time for a raise. I feel like I have earned it. I feel like I've earned a chance to make some more money. Well, uh, the boss, he or she, is pretty simply can say, look, man, we, we don't have to pay you anything extra. You don't have to do that. Well, all of a sudden, now maybe you're going to say, well, actually, this other company is pretty interested in my work. Well, now you're, you're putting them in a situation. It, it takes two to tango. And right now, it's a one-man race. You're, you're talking about the, 
Miami Heat, who if Damian Lillard says he's only going to go to Miami and won't play anywhere else, if that's really what Damian Lillard is saying, what are the Heat going to give up? They don't have to give up anything. What would Portland possibly be able to get back in return? And you can almost understand it if you're the Blazers. Maybe you want to tear this thing down, rebuild, reset. You're you're not going to compete with Phoenix. You're not going to compete with Denver. It's hard enough to compete with the the Warriors and the Lakers. You know, Portland's not getting there. Portland's not going to be in that spot with or without Damian Lillard right now. So, okay, Dame wants out. All right, let's shop Dame. Let him go somewhere else. Give him a chance to win a championship. But you know what? We're going to get a pretty nice haul in return and be able to flip it into being something that, that we can win with down the road and be able to have a chance to set that up. But now, because Damian Lillard has picked one team and it's, it's heat or bust, if, if that's true, man, what are the Blazers supposed to do here? They are absolutely stuck. And this is feeling like, for a guy that I have always been a huge Damian Lillard fan, I've had mega respect for Damian Lillard throughout his entire career. I mean, he is one of the, the better superstars of this era. And to me, loyalty still matters. But I'm willing to give it a pass. Think, think about just where we're at in 2023. It's, it's really hard to, to stand on the soapbox and say, loyalty is everything. Certainly not in the NBA. Are you kidding me? Nobody stays with one team. Nobody does that. You try to, you get with your buddies, you put a super team together, you try to make something happen, which Kevin Durant has been doing as well. And I'm pretty shocked that there is not more pressure on the Phoenix Suns right now because that team is really good and getting better. But for Damian Lillard to be able to, to say, I'm only going to go to one spot, the Heat don't have to give up anything if Damian Lillard gets to the point where he basically holds out unless he goes to the team that he wants to go to. And, and for me, I, I get a sour feeling there. I get a sour feeling as a basketball fan, as a sports fan. If you hated Portland so much, why'd you sign the two-year max extension last offseason? If you hated it there so much, why'd you get in a situation where you got four more years left on your contract? If it was that awful and you only want to go to one place, well, then don't sign the extension. Just sign with Miami. Totally could have done that. It would have been an absolutely fair thing to do. But instead, Damian Lillard has put the Blazers in a pretty awful predicament. Rush hour. What's wrong with going to Disneyland as an adult without kids? Sign adults who pinch their nose when jumping into the pool. V in the free. V in the fee, I should say. Adam Silver <laughs> wearing Mickey ears as AirPods. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good right there. I love hey, hey, clones bring it. That's what today is all about. We're gonna have some fun here talking about that. Hey, there's nothing wrong with going to Disneyland as an adult. Hey, you know what? It's you go for a couple hours, you go get some food, you get out of there. But if you want to hate on that, that's fair. That's fair. I'll wear that one. That's not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. All right? But what what I you know the point. You know what I'm saying. When you're talking about you you know exactly the person I'm talking about when you're walking out of the park. It's just absolutely disheveled, miserable mess and and just how awful that day was. You're going to go on Instagram, it's going to be the best day ever, but you were miserable walking out of there. It's unfortunate to me that that dame has kind of gotten to this spot. Tom, you, you now are spending time in Southern California. You've gotten more familiar with what's going on here. 
Do, do you are, are you a Disney adult? Do you go do you go to the ball? Do you go to the, the park? Admittedly, I am. This is yeah. actually gonna start a whole thing. But yes, I am a Disney adult. I we actually just went with some time off this week. There you go. Fiance and I, yes. No, and no kids. No kids, no. See? And we do live also very close to the park, which is a huge perk. Yeah, I get it. And, you know, we both grew up in Disney families. We were gifted the tickets over the holidays, if that's an excuse. But it's not an excuse. We, we went. We yeah, were there no, as adults I, I, without I, kids. It's because it's, because it's not, it doesn't have to be awful. Like, it doesn't have to be the miserable experience. Oh. And it, and it's gonna it, be prepared for dealing with children. It's Disneyland. Yeah, but, and, but. And, and taking the kids, taking the kids is okay too. I, I do have, I do have a buddy that dropped his kids off with grandma and grandpa, so he and his wife could go. That for me is unforgivable. I, we, we're questioning the whole friendship wow. at that point. Yeah, that's a lot. You're dropping off the kids. To, that that's not right. You that, know, you can that drink a problem. at Disneyland. Exactly. That, and it, that's a game changer. Yeah, they have I, good drinks and good food. That's I, how you kind of got to do it. You do the good rides, you, you eat the good food, you yeah. drink the good drinks, and you try to, you know, avoid the kids where you can. Thousand percent, thousand percent, and I and I get and and there is there are there are two different ways of going about it. People can have a good time, but man, oh man, uh, it, it's uh, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that that Damian Lillard. Like, of all stars, like, this is – I had hope in Damian Lillard. I, I expect this from LeBron. I expect this from Kevin Durant. I didn't expect this from Dame. And and maybe that's when what is so disappointing for me. And I I guess when I sit here, I, I didn't think that Damian Lillard was going to spend his whole career in Portland. You'd asked me three years ago, I would have said by now he'd be a Laker for sure. Probably still without a ring, but I think would have been a Laker for sure by now. But now that, that he's pitted the Blazers in this spot where there's only one place to go, man, that is really tough to understand. we got some cool guests that are coming up here on the Jim Rome Show in the next hour. Uh, let me get my notepad here and tell you that Michael Pina is going to be coming up in just a little bit, senior writer for The Ringer. We're going to get to the bottom of the Damian Lillard discussion. What is going on with Wemby and Britney Spears? We got some news on that coming up very, very shortly as well. We're going to get back into our baseball conversation. How about Mike Moustakis is going to join us a little bit later on in the show. We'll talk about what it takes to win a championship. We know he did it with the Kansas City Royals. Can he do it with Shohei and the Angels? That's a big if right now. A lot of work to do to get there, but Mike Moustak is going to join us coming up in just a little bit. We'll continue our NBA conversation. You can find me on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter only, not threads at Trent Rush Sports. Also hit up at Jim Rome, Rome at Habitake.com. My name is Trent Rush, in for Jim Rome here on CBS Sports Radio. On this Friday, July the 7th, we've been talking a lot of baseball. Why not, right? We're in the heart of the baseball season. All-Star game coming up next week, which I think is a fun thing to talk about as well. you got NBA Summer League, which is going down right now. We're just trying to sort out what in the world uh, the we're gonna, the Blazers are going to do with Damian Lillard and how that's all going to pan out. you got Britney Spears and Wemby having a, a situation at the Aria Resort, which is wild in its own right. Uh, there's a lot to, to sort out for what should be a, a sleepy Friday in the NBA has all of a sudden become pretty busy when you're talking about NBA Summer League. Michael Pina is senior writer for The Ringer. He has been all over it trying to sort out this NBA offseason. Uh, Michael, first of all, thanks for being with us. I got to get some of your thoughts on what is going on with this Damian Lillard situation. He has for forever been like the good guy, the quiet, uh, doesn't make a fuss, happy to be here, Portland loves him. 
now it sounds like he's holding the Blazers hostage in a way. Like they have no choice but to trade him to Miami or he's not going to play. What, what's the what's the status on what's going on with Damian Lillard right now? Yeah, I think when you talk about Dame, he's one of the most loyal superstars that we've had in recent NBA history. He's kind of stuck out over a decade in Portland, multiple eras, uh, not the most postseason success, only one conference finals appearance, uh, no playoff wins in three years. And, I mean, if you're him and you're looking out at the landscape and you're 32 years old, turning 33 pretty soon, like, you want to win. So, like, that that desire in that burns in him as a competitor is understandable. Um, I think what is really tricky right now is just how he's, backed the Portland Trailblazers into a corner here where, and it, it was always going to be messy when you trade a franchise icon like Dame, and especially one who's at the age he's at, who's owed so much money over the next four years as an undersized point guard. The last two years of his contract are just not going to age well, I think, at all, and that's something that needs to be accounted for by any team that takes him on. But, yeah, he requests a trade to – essentially one organization and that organization does not have the Miami heat does not have the most desirable uh, assets for a rebuilding team in Portland. So it's just, it complicates things. My guess is that if he ends up going to Miami, a third team, potentially a fourth team will have to be involved to, to satisfy Portland, get them the draft picks, the young prospects the blue chip players that they that they covet and that they want right now and that they you know have every right to 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 desire and satisfies dame and lets him go to the team that is kind of a, a perfect fit for him they obviously just went to the finals they have two all-stars spam at a bio jimmy butler there's no positional overlap the fit is wonderful they'd be very good next season um, but it's just it's a complicated process right now as they try to sort things out and make everybody happy. It is. And I, I just feel like it's it's a fascinating conversation because when you're basically saying one team, that's, I mean, it, it just kills the Blazers for having any kind of leverage whatsoever, which you think they should have considering he's got four more years under contract, man. Uh, Miami, which should be good with them. That'd be a very good team. Uh, I'll talk about Michael Pino right now. Michael, I thought that uh, your story was pretty interesting uh, on The Ringer that I, I was reading earlier this morning about not just the, the big names like Dan Lillard and James Harden, but other teams that have had kind of sneaky good off seasons. One of those teams being Dallas. And I, I don't know how many people expected them to be able to keep Kyrie. And obviously that didn't go according to plan uh, a season ago. But what have you been able to make of what the Mavericks have done this off season? Yeah, I should start by saying I'm, if I were running an NBA team, I would be 100% out of the Kyrie Irving business. I would have never traded yeah. for him. The fact that they gave up two very good rotation players, particularly Dorian Finney-Smith, and an unprotected first-round pick to get him really, you know, push their back against the wall where they have to appease Luka Doncic. They can never lose Luka Doncic in free agency, and the clock is ticking for them to make him happy and stay competitive after the Western Conference Finals appearance a season ago. So, yeah, I'll start by just saying that part of it is really tricky for me, and guaranteeing three years, $140-plus million is just – 
it's I think I, I wrote in one of my columns, it's just the middle finger to common sense. And so <laughs> that's, you know, they'll have to live with that if things just completely derail. They can't say that they don't know what he's capable of um, in terms of being reliable. But, you know, they traded for him and losing him would be terrible. So, you know, they re-sign him, which, you know, he never really had a market. So I don't think any other team out there with cap space had any interest in in acquiring him. So you keep him. And then I just really loved all the moves that they've made beyond that. So, I mean, you get the talent. There's und- Kyrie's an undeniable talent, and if he decides to play basketball, then all the better. But I really love the Grant Williams trade for them, the acquisition. He's a wonderful role player, ideal beside a superstar like Luka. Um, and Kyrie, he just is one of the more versatile defenders in the NBA. He shoots above 40% behind the three-point line, can make some stuff happen off the bounce, attack closeouts. Uh, wonderful locker room personality, was beloved in Boston for his time there. He will be sorely missed by the Celtics, who did not want to go above the second apron to keep him. And, yeah, you just look on down the line with this roster. I think they have a really... Um, interesting front court rotation now with some some rim runners, some lob threats. Uh, you know, Maxi Kleber stays; he's really good. And Josh Josh Green, they did not give him up in any transaction. I think he'll be even better next season than he was last year. Really exciting young guard, and they're starting to look like a basketball team with uh, two way players, complementary role players. Uh, three-point shooting, which is just what you need next to Luca, and I, I like it a lot. Uh, I, you know, I, I think any team that has Luca on it uh, should be going all in to win the NBA championship. He's that good, and when he gets in a seven-game series, he's about as hard to stop as any player alive. So if they get into that environment, they obviously missed out last year. If they get into the postseason. They'll be as hard of an out as anybody, honestly. Well, and what you're saying about Luca, I mean, we've seen it. Like, you know, how good is the West? I mean, you're talking about as, as talented as Denver is, and, and they're going to continue to be a force. And, you know, Golden State still hanging on to what they got. Memphis, I think, mm-hmm. is, is interesting how that comes up. But I'm telling you, Michael, the team for me that I feel like is almost – kind of skating and maybe maybe I'm missing things but it is not under as much pressure as I feel like they should be right now and that would be the Phoenix Suns I mean what what Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant has going on and and the moves that they have made to bring in Eric Gordon you already got Bradley Beal and and with uh, Devin and Kevin already in-house it just feels like Phoenix is one of those teams. Am I off the mark for for thinking that maybe you know this Phoenix Sun team should be the kind of a team that we should be looking at it's championship or bust for these guys. It is 1,000% championship or bust for the Phoenix Suns. Their entire future, I know they made this little minor transaction today or yesterday, getting a couple of second-round picks in the door and a trade with Memphis. But, like, no, their their whole future is gone. They are all in to win right now. Obviously, they made the monstrous Kevin Durant trade last year. Uh, didn't have to give up as much for Bradley Beal. Uh, because he had a no-trade clause and he wanted to go there, but still gave up Chris Paul. Um, and you look at the moves that, I mean, their, their flexibility this offseason was, that you know, they're obviously a, a, a way past the second apron. That was their quote-unquote strategy. I don't really understand how that's a strategy. But 
Uh, they were restricted in what they were able to pay players. So they had, you know, veteran minimum slots and they filled them with, you know, I, I've seen a lot of uh, people um, be really excited about the players that they signed for the vet men. And, you know, they're guys. <laughs> like they're, they are signed to the vet men for a reason. Um, everyone except Eric, Eric Gordon, who I thought could have gotten uh, substantially more on the open market if he wanted to go to another team and not uh, essentially rim chase here. But you look at some of the other names. I mean, they're uh, – Yuta Watanabe is nice. He hit a bunch of corner threes last year. Drew Eubanks is an okay second, maybe third big. I, I, you go down the line, it's like none of these guys have had a moment in the postseason or been good enough to be in a playoff rotation before, and they will be called upon to hit open shots, to guard, uh, you know, your Kawhi Leonard, your Paul George's, your John Morant's, um, anyone they face in a playoff series who's amazing, Steph Curry, et cetera, LeBron James. And that's going to be really difficult, I think, on them. And they're, they're I would say there's, below average role players who will have very critical roles to fill in huge spots. And I, I don't know. I'm a little pessimistic about this team still. I, I do like Derek Gordon signing though, and there's no denying Devin Booker, KD and Bradley Beal. If they stay healthy, that'll be an incredible offense. Um, but there's just, they didn't have a lot of flexibility and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not super impressed with this roster top to bottom. I still think they're a little thin, and uh, they better win it all because that's what they're built to do. Sure. We're talking with Michael Pino right now, senior staff writer at The Ringer. I can't believe that we have gone this deep in the conversation and not talked about Wemby. Victor Wembanyama is set to make his uh, NBA Summer League debut in Vegas tonight on the heels of the first scandal of the NBA season uh, with what went on where apparently Britney Spears, who is a billion times more famous uh, than Victor Wembanyama, uh, goes to tap him on the shoulder and then gets hit by his security team, which ends up being somebody that, that works for the San Antonio Spurs. No one's going to press any charges. It sounds like this thing is all going away way um for summer league uh, this has got to be about as much excitement as we've had <laughs> there uh in some time what have you made of this initial uh victor Wembanyama situation with britney spears <laughs> i mean to be honest with you i haven't given it too much thought okay. <laughs> uh i i know that it happened and that's a very odd thing but it's las vegas and weird stuff goes down and i'm sure you know they want the san antonio spurs i'm sure want to protect victor Wembanyama um as much as they possibly can when he's out in public (laughs) how how important is this guy to your franchise that you're going to make sure that i don't care who it is it can be britney spears nobody's getting to this guy i mean it's 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 crazy The, the whole story is so so bizarre but michael from a basketball sense right how much do you make of summer league first impressions, initial performances? Like, what are some things we should be looking for out of Wemby here, at least in this first summer league showcase that he's putting on today? Yeah, I'm really excited to watch it. I think from everything you saw when he played, say, the G League Unite in Las Vegas earlier this year, he was just, I mean, amazing. If you watched any of his games in France, in the French league where he took a team that was expected to be terrible uh, on a deep playoff run. Like he, he's obviously a transcendent talent. Um, and so, you know, I think like in his debut, it's kind of 
you know, you want to see him play well, sure, that's great. It's not the be-all, end-all. If he's terrible, if he, you know, plays 12 minutes, scores six points and grabs two rebounds and blocks a shot, like, the sky is not falling. Um, I remember summer league game I watched in person a few years back, Trey Young versus Frank Milikina, and Frank Milikina absolutely dominated that matchup, and uh, you see how those careers have turned out. So, Summer League is Summer League. It kind of is what it is. Uh, I still kind of anticipate Victor in the games he actually plays. I, you know, I don't anticipate him playing a ton. But, you know, tonight I, I, I would be surprised if he wasn't a dominant force on both ends of the court, particularly, particularly on defense, which I think will translate immediately. Michael, full disclosure, this last thing I got for you. Uh, NBA Summer League is not like appointment viewing for me. You know, it's like you're trying to make a point of, I, I might I might go watch Wemby tonight. I think I'm going to make a point to go see Wemby. I'm curious. I'm intrigued by mm-hmm. Victor Wembanyama. Any other storylines folks should be paying attention to in NBA Summer League? Is there anything else going on we need to really know about? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not a huge Summer League person anymore. <laughs> I used to be up on it, and now, right. I, I, you know, I – I, I do think Henderson, the number three overall pick with Portland, the reason that, you know, to bring this conversation full circle, the reason that Damian Lillard wants out, they drafted his replacement. I think Scoot could be just an absolute star um, in Las Vegas and then have an amazing rookie of the year caliber season. He seems to be just an unbelievable talent. Uh, and guards in particular, guys who have the ball in their hands, uh, a lot tend to shine in these environments. So I'm really looking forward to watching him. Uh, number two pick, Brandon Miller played a little bit already. He's played a little bit already. And, you know, he's been a little, uh, not the most impressive performance that you've ever seen from a number two overall pick, but, you know, want to keep an eye on him uh, with the Charlotte Hornets. And then I think like the other player, I'm not sure if he will play. He's already played in Salt Lake City in their summer league, but Chet Holmgren with the Oklahoma City Thunder He's, you know, he missed all of his actual rookie season last year with a foot injury. He seems to be, like, I I think more people should be talking about him. I mean, he's an absolute monster. Could be one of the better defenders right away in the NBA, to be honest with you. And uh, if you've seen his highlights already from just the past week, he's just an unbelievable rim protector. So I'm looking forward to watching him as well. But, uh, yeah, Summer League should be fun. There's a lot of young talent there this year. And, obviously, Victor Wembanyama is appointment viewing. Yeah, enjoy it. Uh, don't get too close to Wemby, though. Okay, we want to keep you safe. Well, hopefully we can have this conversation again. It sounds like that's pretty dangerous to get a little too close uh, to Wemby there. Michael Pena, thank you so much for being with the senior staff writer from The Ringer. All right, they're telling me i got to get to a break. So we're going to do that here. When we come back, we're going to get back into our baseball conversation. In case you missed it earlier, I told you why Shohei Otani is the greatest player of all time. Uh, Jared Karebis is going to probably fight that. We'll see. I don't know. We'll find out. Plus, where is Otani going to end up? Folks that know me, I'm an Angels guy, right? Well, we'll see. I'd love him to stay with the Halos, but we'll find out. My name is Trent Rush at Trent Rush Sports in for Jim Rome here on this Friday. You're listening to the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Good night now!